I've come to realize that when it comes to going to the doctor, there are two types of people in this world. There are those of us, I'm one of these, that the second something feels off or wrong, you run to the doctor and you feel like you're dying. And there are those of us that say, I'm fine, it'll pass, until it just becomes so overwhelming that you have to go to the doctor. And I notice that there's two types of people in this world. And as I said that, I can tell you who is who because there were elbows being thrown, there were looks being shared. You're that one, aren't you? And I found out which one I was when, when COVID really started. And I started looking at the symptoms. And if you remember, when COVID first started, and the symptoms were like stuffy nose, headache, fatigue. And I was like, it's sinus season in Mississippi. I have that all the time. And I went to the doctor no less than four times, I promise you, within about a month and a half going, Doc, I got COVID. It got so bad that luckily the, church, the doctor was a church member, and I'd just call him and I'd say, Doc, and he'd go, you don't have COVID. I didn't even have to get it out of my mouth. He said, you're not a hypochondriac, but you sure do have hypochondriac tendencies. And I said, all right, I understand. But there are those other folks that sadly what will happen sometimes is we will have ailments that we go, it's fine, and then we just start living with them and we forget that they even exist. You get up and you're like, oh, my hip. Oh, but that's just how it always feels. That's not normal. Go to the doctor, people. They're there to care for you and to heal you. But as I, as I start thinking about our own understanding of our own illnesses, I start thinking about Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 9, you hear this, that Jesus went and saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. And he looks at him and he says, hey, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. And then while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher Eat with the tax collectors and the sinners. And on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means, that I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So right before this, Jesus heals the paralyzed man. You may remember the story where when he's sitting there, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And they kind of look at him and go, who does he think he is that he could do such a thing? And he says, would you rather me say, get up and walk? Fine, get up and walk. And the man gets up and walks. And as he goes from that location, he's walking past the tax collector booth, and there is Matthew. 
who has probably heard all of these things and knows how he's viewed in society. I, I want to point your attention to this. Did you notice that it, even tax collectors, it's like tax collectors and sinners. Like even sinners don't want to be connected with the tax collectors. They're like, yeah, we're bad, but we're not tax collector bad. He knows how society views him. And part of that is because Caesar would have told the tax collectors, you must provide X amount of money to me. Everything else is up to you. And so tax collectors were notorious for continuing to raise taxes and create their own taxes just to pad their own pockets. And so Jesus walks by the tax collector booth. He sees Matthew, and what does he say? Hey, follow me. Come here. Walk with me. And Matthew's response is, absolutely. He gets up, and he follows him. And then we see him sitting at the table with Matthew and other tax collectors and other sinners and the disciples, and all of a sudden the Pharisees show up. Because the Pharisees always seem to show up. Have you noticed that? They may not be followers of Jesus, but they seem to follow him around a lot. And so they show up and they say, what is he doing? We don't do that kind of stuff. Who does he think he is? And Jesus says, the healthy don't need a doctor, but the sick do. I came for the sinners, not for the righteous. And what he's trying to point them to is this. We're sick. We're all sick. We all have issues. We are all sinners. But what has happened in Jesus' day is this. That this idea of a sinner is not just somebody that's immoral, that's done wrong, but it would be deemed as someone that was a non-Jewish person, so therefore they are an outcast in society. A sinner is somebody that, heaven forbid, doesn't go to church. And we understand how this works. Um, I, growing up and being a youth pastor, I love the fact that if you go to a homecoming game, all of a sudden your youth group will grow by like exponential numbers. You don't know what I mean? Go sit at a high school football game for a homecoming, and all of a sudden people are avid members of Insert Church here when they're announcing the homecoming maids. So-and-so, whose parents are so-and-so, attends Insert Church here. And I can't tell you how many times, and I'm not trying to, to be judgmental, but I can't tell you how many times I've started to realize, oh, they go to my church. Had no idea. But they are on the roll. We live in a world where, and especially in the South, where like one of the first questions you get asked when you meet somebody new, who's your kinfolk and where do you go to church? And everybody's got an answer for both of those. Everybody's got a home church. And that's kind of what was happening in Jesus' day is that the non-Jewish people were the outcasts. Those folks that say, oh, I don't really go to church are the outcasts. They're like, oh, wait a minute. I can't associate with you. But Jesus, I've said this before. I think that's like the summation of the gospel. The world is going and doing its own thing, but Jesus shows up 
and does something and changes everything. That's the summation of the gospel, is all of this is happening, but Jesus, and then Jesus does what Jesus does, and what Jesus does in this text is viewed as scandalous by society because he, heaven forbid, is associating with those ragamuffins. Those people, you know what they do? They don't even go to church. Ooh, why would you associate with them? And what we see is in Jesus' day, the Jewish people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, are in this pursuit after what we hear in the text of, be holy as the Lord, your Lord God is holy which is a, a great goal to have. It is something that we should all pursue. But this is what has happened in Jesus' day. They have viewed this pursuit of holiness as being undefiled and set apart, and they have done it to the extent that if someone else is defiled, if someone else is a sinner, if someone else is unclean, we don't associate with those people because that will make us unclean. I don't associate with them because I'll start to be one of them. People will think I do that. Or maybe I'll start to do whatever it is. And so what has happened is the Pharisees have started to put up walls so that they don't interact with those people outside that are unclean and unworthy and defiled and unholy. And what we see is God bless them with the best of intentions. They have a limited understanding of what they're supposed to be called to do. They think they've wrapped their minds around it. They think they've got it all figured out. But it has led them to a place of us versus them. A place that says they're on the outside, we're on the inside. They need to come to us to get better. They need to look and act like us. And I'm not trying to say that we've gone that far, but how different is the church today? We live in a world that says, you need to get to church. You need to come to us. You need to be a part of us. We're going to invite you here. But what we see Jesus do is say, you know what? I'm going to meet you there. Don't mishear me. As your preacher, I am all about having these pews as full as possible. I love it. But what I would much rather prefer is this, a church that goes out and meets people where they are and proclaims the good news and is being the church. That's my desire. And so Jesus is sitting there with these sinners and tax collectors. And I can just imagine what goes through Matthew's mind as he welcomes Jesus in. They're at a dinner party, and he welcomes Jesus in, and he hears this conversation. Why are you associating with them? And then Jesus says, because he's sick. But notice that Matthew doesn't get all riled up, because here's the thing. Matthew knows. Matthew understands. 
It's the Pharisees that have lost sight of the fact that they are indeed sick and need to go to a doctor. They've started, as we were talking about earlier, they've started to just live with their own sin and with their own ailments for so long that it's just normal. It's just what it is. Or it's this. Oh, it's just human nature. It's not. It's not. If you don't believe me, go look at the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis. When we are created, man and woman, when we are created, what does it say? In the image of God. That's human nature. We are sick in need of a good doctor to heal us. And, need, and we just all need to confess today. I'm sick. i got issues. I got stuff that I wrestle with. That I, while I'm pursuing to be holy, yeah, I, I'm still not there. And the Pharisees show up and they go, what are you doing? We don't associate with those people. They're not welcome here. They don't dress right. They don't act right when they're here. They don't know. And then Jesus I love the fact of what Jesus says because it's not just some throwaway phrase when he says it's about mercy, not sacrifice. Because what he's quoting is in Hosea chapter 12, verse 7. And now in Hosea, what he's criticizing is this, that the religious elite, the, pri the priestly establishment has started leading people in hollow worship and dealing in corrupt practices. They're, they're, they're charging people, saying, hey, you need to make a sacrifice, so we need you to come, and we'll bless this animal, and all of a sudden, we're going to upcharge you. And they're engaging in the same thing that the tax collectors are, but they're doing it in the name of God, so it's okay. That's what Hosea is pushing back against. And so when he's sharing this, and when he proclaims that to the people, to the Pharisees, He's hoping that they'll realize, oh, oh, we've gotten it all wrong. We've gotten it all wrong. You see, the question at hand is this. Is God just the God of the Christians? Is God just the God of the holy ones? Is God just the God of the people who look like me, think like me, act like me, vote like me, whatever? Or is he indeed Lord of all? Because here's the thing that Jesus is pointing them to. When he quotes this, he's saying you missed the point. Because God is Lord of all, he came for all people that all may be brought in to his family. So stop putting up your barriers and your walls and your, stop giving this limited understanding of who I am. Because God is limitless. Period. And God came for all people. Not just for you. And God came to bring the sinner in. And God came to welcome those that don't look and act like we think they should. And so when Jesus quotes Hosea to the Pharisees, he's posing this challenge to them. 
He's posing this understanding that so they've always thought when they look at that scripture, they look at it and go, yeah, those people that are charging us for sacrifices need to hear that. Yeah, we're the ones that have been oppressed. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying is that sometimes we need to take a step back and shift how we view scripture. What I mean by that is this. I'm guilty of it too. But so often when we read scripture, we're the, vic we're the victim, we're the oppressed, or we're the holier ones. We're the ones that got it right. But what would it look like if as we dove into scripture, we started to shift and look at, God, show me how I have been the victimizer. God, show me how I have been an oppressor. God, I need you to open my eyes that I can see where I have done wrong and where I can see that I am sick. Because for some of us, we've been walking around with our ailments for so long that we have just chalked it up as who we are. And here's the thing. It may be who you have become, but it's not who you are and it's not who you're created to be. We need a savior. We need a doctor. Period. And so what Jesus is pointing them to is their need to open their eyes, but not just open their eyes, open their hearts. And he takes it even one step further. Open their homes. Because what Jesus does is he starts to realize that in order for someone to be healed, it's not just a physical healing that we need, and it's not even just a spiritual healing that we need, but we also need a relational healing. Because there are so many people in our world today, and some of us are sitting in these pews believing this too, that we are unloved, that we are uncared for because of what we have done. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. Come home. Come sit at the table with me. Engage with me. Jesus, I love the fact that what Jesus does over and over and over in Scripture is this. The healing comes through relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Jesus doesn't go, hey, thoughts and prayers, hope everything gets better, and go on about his day. But Jesus goes and sits with those people, and he walks with them, and he journeys with them as they figure out what's going on in their own world. He doesn't just stop short, but he engages with over and over again. If you don't believe me, look at the woman at the well. She's there at noon, which nobody would have been there at noon because you wanted to get your work done before it got too hot. So she's there at noon, which tells us society has told her, you are unclean, you are unloved, and you are not one of us. And what does Jesus do? He goes and meets her where she is. And he says, no, there's so, so much more. What does he do with Matthew? The one that has been deemed worse than the sinners. He meets him where he is and he says, hey, come walk with me and journey with me. Jesus doesn't chastise. 
He doesn't criticize. He walks with. Now, granted, don't mishear me because Jesus does look at the woman at the well and go, go forth and sin no more. He does acknowledge that these sinners are sick. But what he doesn't do is go figure it out and then come to us. But he walks with them through the healing. We're sick. I'm sick. We are in need of a doctor. A good doctor who can heal us in a way that only he can. But here's the thing. It's not just us that are sick. This world is sick and they need us to introduce them to the good doctor. And stop holding it in for our own self. Jesus didn't come. The righteous. He came to bring all back into the family. To bring all back into the community. The community that acts in love and mercy and kindness. Not judgment and hate and anger and division. But welcomes people in and goes, you know what? I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Let's figure this out together as we journey in relationship. Because I don't have it figured out. You don't have it figured out. But we can just journey together. Isn't that the vision of the church? Isn't that what we're called to be? I've shared this before. Methodist church, open hearts, open mind, open doors. But here's the thing. I think too often we look at it and say open doors so that people can come in. Here's the kicker. Open doors so that we can go out and proclaim this good news. As our minds and our hearts and our eyes are open, we go out and we... God. We go tell it on the mountain. We go tell it on the street corner. We go tell it to the person that's standing in line with us at the grocery store. We share the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, not caring who, it, it, who we are offending, but we share it because we are all sick and in need of a Savior. The Pharisees didn't understand it. Sometimes I think we can fall into that trap as and as we look at it, we go, yeah, but I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm okay. But we're all sick. We're all sinners. I'll be the first to name it. I got my stuff. I got issues that I wrestle with. Don't believe me? Ask my wife. But here's the thing. God came to welcome us in, to make us whole, to bring us in to the family. Because God desires mercy from God's people. Because God extends mercy. That though we are not worthy of it, he extends his love and grace and mercy to us that we may be made whole again. This sin thing is not human nature. The good news is there's a prescription to heal the illness. That prescription is God's love, grace, and mercy. It's that we go and visit the good doctor. Amen? Amen.